we're in a bull market and everyone has a lot of money with the stimulus checks and other things like this to be able to pump money into the market. But then once that belief in the future of the market goes away, I'm, I'm really scared to see what happens to these people that are really all in on some of these cryptocurrencies at the time, you know? Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 92. How y'all doing, man? Thank you so much for tuning in to another show. Welcome to a personal finance podcast that doesn't put you to sleep. Hope you guys are enjoying your weekend. Really quickly, just wanted to make a, uh, a quick announcement. So I am going to go from two podcasts a week to one. Just wanted to free up some time to do some other projects. So I really appreciate your guys' patience with this. I don't know how long this will be for, but uh, just gonna do a Sunday episode from now on. It's gonna be a mix of interviews still and and me just hopping on talking about something, but I uh, just wanted to quickly announce that. But please DM me any questions you guys have and don't forget to leave a review. It really helps the show get out there and grow. No ads today, so we're just gonna hop into what the interview was, and it was with my boy Ethan Lang. If you were rocking with me from the start, I've actually had him on very early on in the podcast, and he's just a super dope guy, runs this big investing Instagram page, and he's just like a sick guy. So him and I just riff about markets and crypto and alternative investments in the landscape that's sort of uh, occurring right now, and just really, really, really joke stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's just dive on into it, baby. Ethan, what's good, brother? How's it going, Nate? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for coming back on the show, but man, it's uh, it's been a long time, bro. What have you been up to? Uh, nothing much. Just keep posting content. Um, got on TikTok, got on some other platforms, so really excited. That's wild, man. That's wild. And you, you, uh, you're doing Discord now, too? Yes. Talk to me about that. What's going on with that? Yeah, so um, I really wanted to create a group where people could talk about personal finance and investing. But when a lot of people hear Discord, they think of, you know, the day trader group chats and other things like that. But I met with a few friends and got a few moderators in to try to really create more of a personal finance and investing oriented, long-term investing um, Discord server to really help people when they have questions about investing, they can ask and other people can respond and everyone just has a good learning experience from it. That's dope. Man. What's the most common question you get in those chats? Right now, it's it's the whole question on whether you should have an emergency fund or whether you should just invest that money. And, and the answer to that's pretty simple. You know, an emergency fund's important, even if we have a bull market. You know, in bull markets, everyone's like, "Oh, like why do I need an emergency fund?" Like stonks just go up, as they say. <laughs> but but really having emergency funds important to you know take advantage of those opportunities when they do present themselves, but also having it as something to fall back on. Yeah, man, I, I've literally like seen it everywhere where people are just talking shit about cash. And man, I think cash is such an literally like underrated thing. Like, I mean, it's like the lifeblood to any business. It's It keeps you afloat with like your life. Like you need cash. Uh, to sustain yourself. And then also the security of like not having anything be able to like rock your life. For example, if you've got like, you know, five figures in the bank just for like a rainy day, like a, like a long, big term rainy day fund, let's say somebody that you're, you know, your relative, your friend or whatever, you like really need to help out some like crazy once in a lifetime thing happens. Like 
Do you want to be like, ah, oh, man, I'd love to help you, but like all my money's tied up <laughs> because I don't, I only have like a thousand bucks in case my car breaks down. Like, no, like there, there's a ton of benefit to having cash. And it's really frustrating to see just, and again, like, like you said, the, with the bull market, you know, you know, this generation really hasn't seen a true full-fledged recession or, or sort of correction that's been extended, right? So they, like, it's it's literally like stocks only go up. It's, it feels like people literally feel like stocks only go up and it's it's wild. And I think I think the real difference comes from, you know, cash is trash in the sense that if you're never investing and all you have is cash, you're never going to be able to grow your wealth. But there's a big difference between not investing at all and investing all of your money and having no cash. Because you know, even like you mentioned last March, last March, if you didn't have cash, you were stuck. You know, the, the market went down, but you had no opportunity to capitalize on it. But for me, my the best investments I made were probably last March because I had the cash to be able to take advantage of an opportunity just in case it did present itself. And if you put all your money into the market or all your money into these different things and you don't have any cash available, when that once in a lifetime opportunity presents itself, you're not able to take advantage of it. So the cash is really just like an insurance policy in a sense to be able to, to use it when those times do come. So how do you balance, like personally, how do you balance that with, you know, not getting too caught up in market timing? So I have everything set up where um, I deposit money twice a month. So on the 1st and on the 15th of every month, the set amount automatically comes out of my bank account and goes into my investment accounts. And then either I'm buying individual stocks or it's just into an S&P 500 index fund. Right, right. Yeah, it's, so you got to have that baseline automation. And I, I really think that, I mean, all of my stuff is just automated. It just goes in. And I think that's the best way to go about it. But yeah, like, I definitely think that having that cash on hand definitely to pounce on an opportunity, whether it's in the stock market or another asset class is like, absolutely massive, man. What do you think? Like of, I mean, it's, you know, I was thinking about this today. I was literally driving around for work and I was just thinking, I was listening to the CEO of uh, BlockFi in uh, in the States and he's, uh, I think his name's Zach Prince and really, really dope guy. Like he's just such a smart and he's just like talking and, and he was on this podcast and it just got me thinking of like, is like the future of all these alternative asset classes, namely like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, things like that, you know, what are you, what's your opinion on their long-term prospects? What could that look like? Obviously nobody knows, but I was just thinking about like it, hearing him talk about it. And it just, it makes me like just so excited because there's a lot of companies that are starting to get involved and it's a very real thing. And, you know, apparently all the major banks in the United States have six figure price targets for Bitcoin, which is like crazy. Uh, so just kind of tell me about uh, your thoughts on it, man. Yeah. So out of the research I've done, and one thing that really actually interests me is like back in 2016, you know, before we had that first bull run into Bitcoin, everyone was seeing Bitcoin as this place to, you know, we were going to use it to trade and be able to basically pay for things in a sense. But one of the problems has been with how ver like the variability of Bitcoin and the variance of it it's more changed to a place to have a store of value. So I think Bitcoin as a whole kind of has changed as people have seen it, you know, 
because it's become less of, okay, this is going to be a currency in the future to where like, as of now, it's like, oh, this is going to be more of an investment until, you know, it starts to slow down how many Bitcoins can be mined and more people own it and it starts to stabilize. So I think it's, it's going to be really interesting in the future. And, and I don't get me wrong. I think Bitcoin's going to have a huge place in the future, but like I always tell people, I'm not going to bet my entire retirement, my entire future, whatever on the success of Bitcoin in the future. That makes a ton of sense, man. And like, I I guess going into the history of it, I mean, it's called cryptocurrency because that was its initial sort of like use, utility. It was was to to, to kind of take over money basically as, as like you said, store of value and just exchange. And so now it's just because of the scarcity of it, you know, it's starting, I think the last one's going to be mine. I don't even know what the date is. I think in a few years or something, and there's only going to be a set amount mined. So, and there, and now everybody's funneling in, it's just become an asset. And like all these coins have become assets now, you know, like, do you think that any other cryptocurrency is for real on the horizon? Like what are some ones that are kind of on the cusp of kind of not maybe take, it's like Bitcoin's just like absolutely exploded. Like it's kind of going to be hard to catch, but what about these other ones like Cardano and Ethereum and even Dogecoin? Like, what, what's going on with those? Dogecoin these past few days has been been crazy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about Dogecoin. That that one's more of just you know the greater fool theory, which is basically, I think even though I'm going to buy it and it might not have any value, I can sell it to someone else for a higher price. You know, someone else mm-hmm. is going to be a bigger fool than I am. And, you know, that's just just a card tower that's just waiting to fall. But Bitcoin and Ethereum are the two cryptos I invest in just because they're they're the main ones and they have a lot of the the clout in a sense where a lot of people know about them. And I think that's that's important for what people are actually going to use. But to be honest, I haven't done too much research into some of these other cryptocurrencies. This Dogecoin, I saw some stuff on it. And I saw I also saw Elon Musk talking about it. It's so funny. But like how has it performed over the past like week or two? I, what's been going on? It's it's at like I can't give you exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure it's up like 50% today. I'm thinking it was. 50%. Yeah, like it's it's been up numbers. It's it's insane. But it's it's that same thing. It's people putting it on social media. Hey, go buy Dogecoin, it's going to the moon. And people are buying it. And and it's almost borderline, like a borderline scam because, <laughs> because it's it's basically like, you know, you hear about these multi-level marketing schemes and that stuff. And the people at the top are really the people that win. It's kind of that same thing. It's basically a pump and dump mm. where we're going to have a stock. But since the crypto market isn't as, doesn't have as much oversight, you know, like the SEC for the US stock right. market has all that. So if anyone tries to, do a pump and dump, they're going to get fined for it and potentially mm. go to jail. But the crypto market isn't that exact way. Something that's actually really interesting is you've, I don't know if you've heard, a lot of people are like creating their own cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't like the Paul brothers do one? Yeah. So I, I, I've heard a little bit about it. They're, they're creating crypto, people are basically creating cryptocurrencies and then contacting influencers and being like, hey, buy this cryptocurrency. And then, so the creators of the cryptocurrency, they're making a lot of money because they're getting it first. Yeah, and they yeah, tell yeah. all these influencers, hey, buy this cryptocurrency at a super low price. And then we'll all shoot it out and influence about it. 
you know, say, hey, buy this new cryptocurrency we just made, price skyrockets. And because the price skyrockets, then more influencers are like, oh, hey, like everyone, let's go buy this cryptocurrency. And it's that same thing. There might not be any value to it, but if the price keeps going up and up and up and people think the price is going to keep going higher, then people keep buying because they think they're going to be able to sell at a higher price before the whole tower just crumbles down. Right. Right. And I, I mean, like not to get too philosophical, but you know, a lot of people have different opinions on what value is. And and so kind of just, you know, we, we, when we talk about markets and we talk about supply and demand, you know, economics, really like some, something's value is, is what the market, you know, is willing to pay for it. Right. Or somebody like just kind of where it's set, but how do you, I feel like we're starting to get so disconnected from intrinsic value. You know, the dollar isn't backed by anything. It's just the dollar now. And and so like, you know, what what's your definition of like legitimate value? Yeah. So on the Bitcoin side, I kind of preface it with like, I don't know the future of Bitcoin. So I'm not, I'm not coming from a place like I know what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months, even for the stock market. I couldn't give you an exact estimate of what the stock market's going to do in the next six to 12 months. And honestly, if anyone could, they'd probably be lying to you. But I think that we, you're right. We have come so far off of what value means. You know, when we learn about it in, in college, it's basically the, the value of all future cash flows. So, you know, let's think about a stock, for example. Let's say we have, you know, Nate Kennedy owns a company. We'll just call it Nate's company. And it's, it's worth yeah. $100, you know? And you pay a dividend every year of a dollar. You know, the value of that stock is dependent on what your dividend is and, and what incomes you make in the future. I mean, the problem with Bitcoin is there's no company behind it. There's no revenues. There's no income. There's no dividends. So in a sense, the value of Bitcoin is just what people think the value of Bitcoin is. And I guess you could consider that similar to how we value artwork and how we value other things like that. But, but then it is tough. It's tough to give, give value to a decentralized currency because it's not backed by anything. It's a tough thing. And it's just something that this NFT thing has just been kind of bonkers too. And, and, you know, again, it's been a manifestation of this, this new crypto age. And, you know, you think about, the value of the originality. I think Gary Vee talks about why he thinks NFTs are going to be huge. He thinks that there's going to be a, a few winners and a lot of losers over this next like year with NFTs. And then over time, it's like, like you said, it's similar to Bitcoin. It'll start to like kind of democratize, get bigger, more established, et cetera. You know, only time will tell. But from what I understand, like the reason he thinks it's so valuable is because the authenticity of like putting it, like just like similar to artwork or like luxury, you know, like a luxury, like Louis Vuitton, like wallet, you know, like it's Louis Vuitton. It's not fake. Like, and you can go out and get any, you know, fake cheap knockoff, but like to actually have the value behind it, it's made by the company Louis Vuitton. Right. So I think, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. And he thinks that it's going to be so big because it's going to manifest in like those crypto markets. So like, Again, it's still, but it's still kind of wishy-washy, right? Yeah, and it's it's a really interesting thing because kind of like what you said that um, Gary Vee said about how there's going to be a few winners and a lot of losers. You know, that's kind of how it's always been. Like, 
just like with kind of the internet boom that we had back in like 2000, 2001, it's interesting there because there was a few winners back then. You know, you had your Amazon that got built and is now what it is today. But there was also a lot of internet companies that were just booming because they were an internet company. You know, they had dot .com at the, at the end of their that's company, com. <laughs> you know? And I think that's kind of the same of what's happening in the crypto market is there's a lot of cryptocurrencies being put out there and pumped out there. And just because they're a crypto, they're automatically seen to be kind of, as we talked before, better than cash. You know, yeah. everyone's yeah. saying cash is trash. So no matter what else you put it in, it's automatically a good investment. But, but that's just because we're, we're in a bull market and everyone has has a lot of money with the stimulus checks and other things like this to be able to pump money into the market. But then once that belief in the future of the market goes away, I'm, I'm really scared to see what happens to these people that are really all in on some of these cryptocurrencies at the time. You know, I, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that cryptocurrencies don't have a future, you know, in Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatever, but but when you're staking your entire retirement on it, you know, one false play can just ruin you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that there'll ever be a time, at least in our lifetime, where the stock market, you know, stock exchanges, global stock exchanges everywhere, you know, just ownership in companies, will that ever not be the de facto asset class for like society? Do you think it or do you think it'll always, at least in our lifetime, be the sort of main one? I, I still think the stock market and real estate will always be the two major ways to invest. So, you know, the reason I say the stock market is just because, you know, even as crypto is booming, what are we seeing as our new IPOs? You know, Coinbase just IPO'd. We have a lot of other companies that are getting into this Bitcoin thing. I just think that having an ownership in a company, you know, no matter what happens in the outside world, whether cryptocurrencies come in or whether something else comes in, no matter what that is, there's always companies that are doing that. Yeah. And I think that's why why the stock market will always have have a forefront. Yeah. That that makes a ton of sense. And you know, I think it's it's crazy because in any way shape or form they might even be called companies in 20 years. They might be called something else, right? Or or groups or I don't know, I don't even know, man. But <laughs> like I think so too. Like I think that at the end of the day a group of humans is going to be executing at at some level. Right. And and so if you can get a piece of whatever that is, essentially it's it's the same sort of idea as, as the stock market, man. So that's that's really crazy. And you know, how are how do you like how is your sort of space with your content, things like that? Are you talking more about these alternative asset classes? Like how are have your followers been taking it? Do you got get a lot of questions on it? Like kind of talk about that. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's it's kind of like I've mentioned before, and especially with the Discord server too. That's one of the things I mentioned in the beginning was like, you know, I wanted to have people learn about the basics of personal finance and investing. And, you know, most of your listeners know the basics of index funds, ETFs, and that type of stuff. So they get it. There's no reason and need for me to explain that. But, you know, what is always interesting people and getting people into the market now, you know, are individual stocks is cryptocurrency. So I think it's important to talk about that because if you don't talk about it, then people are just going to go to that next person. And that next person might be that, you know, wishy-washy day trader type of person. It's going to be giving them bad information. So, you know, I think it's important to talk about that because 
you know, if people are looking, looking to us for, you know, things about investing and personal finance, you know, we, we should be talking about all of it. So we talk a lot about Bitcoin. I talk a lot about individual stocks, but it's kind of that same thing I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I'm not going to bet my entire retirement on one stock. I'm yeah. not going to bet my future on the future of Tesla. Do I think Tesla has a great future? Yes, but I do think there's a little bit of overpriced there. And you know, maybe I own a few shares, but I'm not going to have 60 to 70% of my portfolio be in Tesla. You know, because there's a lot of people out there that, that are saying that. They're like, you know, Tesla has this huge future. Tesla's the next Apple and Tesla's the next Amazon. Yes, but Tesla's a lot more public than Amazon was back when Amazon started growing. Everyone bashed on, on Amazon when they first started. You know, it was kind of that thing of like, now people are, are just so eager to look for that next Amazon, that next Apple, whatever that they're pumping in so much, so much extra value into these companies that, that might not be there in a sense. Mm -hmm. That makes a ton of sense, man. And I think that's exactly right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, like, it's the stock market. A lot of optimism is baked in and, and it's based on, you know, what people think, you know, it's really funny. I was talking about this the other day, Air Canada, I, you know, I have a few shares. It's one of the only individual stocks I own. Air, they, <laughs> so there's been so much expectation pumped into the valuation of that stock because there's really nothing there. They're bleeding billion, like a billion a quarter. And, you know, it's so funny because there's so much optimism baked in, all this kind of stuff, because they thought, you know, we're basically people are betting on the fact that Canada was going to bail them out. Well, don't you know, last week they announced that there's going to be a bailout package announced for the, for the company. And you know what the stock did? absolutely plummeted like it literally plummeted because people are like boom this is the future bang sell off and then bang dip correction i think it was like 15 20 it was like wild and intuitively you're like what no that's good news it's like well no i think that the saying is you know buy the rumor sell the news right and and so that's that's exactly what happened with that and so you really have to be long on some of these companies because it's it's not it's it's counterintuitive in a sense because if you think it's just based on good news, it's, it's sometimes it's not. It, sometimes it's based on, okay, the thing that I've been waiting for this whole time happened. Now I have nothing to look forward to, so I'm out of it. So I know we don't, you know, you and I, you obviously S&P 500 guys, long-term broad-based guys. Tell me about some stocks that you're looking at right now. And I usually never ask people that, but I'm kind of just curious to hear your thoughts and what your sort of outlook is on them. And, you know, not financial advice at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So Personally, last March, I invested a lot into the travel sector. So like you, I had American Airlines, Delta, United Airlines, Carnival, some other companies like that. But I kind of had the same realization as you. Like I was thinking long-term, like, okay, next three to four years, these companies are going are gonna to be above where they were. And, and, you know, a year forward, they've made massive improvements from, from how low they were last March. But it's that same thing is, how long is it going to take for them to get back to where they are? Because they bled so much for those four months that all the loans they had to take out are going to impact them for the next three to four, five, 10 years in the future. So you're really, you're really, for me, I've been looking at like, okay, I'm going to be selling some of these companies soon because I don't see the future in them as much as I just saw the rebound over the last year. 
but what companies, what companies do I really think are going to do well over the next 10 to 20 years, but also aren't overpriced in a sense, because if you're just buying the hype stocks, you know, the problem is they could be great companies. And this is why I mentioned Tesla again. I do own a little bit of Tesla and I'm not saying that Tesla's a bad company, but the issue is just that when something is so overpriced, even if they do have a great future, it doesn't necessarily mean their stock's going to be great. Just because a company's great doesn't mean their stock is going to be great in the future. So, I mean, a few companies that I own, I'm, I'm looking into buying Square, um, which is more of a financial company. Um, and, and, you know, my Apple, Amazon shares outside of what's already in the S&P 500. But, and every once in a while, you know, instead of going gambling, I, I have a little portfolio, like that's, that's a small percentage of my portfolio. And this is where I just go into stocks that like are going to be 5X or nothing in the next. Generates, year. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> instead, of, instead of going to the casino, that's my little bit of fun that I do. Or instead of buying lottery tickets, that's what I do. But, but besides that, the rest of my portfolio is, is mostly, you know, S&P 500 index fund. And then I have like a small cap index fund that gets some of those smaller companies in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's and that's very similar to mine, man. Line share, S and P five hundred, broad based, boring, but like the best, <laughs> boring and the best. And and then yeah, like a few, like I, I, I just a bit of Shopify. Obviously, Air Canada is a bigger position now, and and then just some some other plays. But like it really, like I think it just keeps you honest, kind of keeps you sane, you know. Like really, really, that's what it is. Like you said, you got that little small portion. Like for me, like. You know, that's, that's, to me, that's what Air Canada started off with. I was like, I just put a few hundred bucks in just because, ah, whatever. Uh, it was like $14 a share at the time. And now it's somewhere around like 25, 26, but around $20 a share, I started to really like read up on the company and like do like proper work on it. And I was like, okay, like, let me put a, a sizable position down. Cause like, I actually think like it could be a good, good look. And so far it's been going well, but I mean, it's just, kind of, it's just running on steam now. So, I mean, it's a matter of the country because Canada has just, you know, put their money where their mouth is and is shown, you know, support for the company. So they're not going to let them fail. And, and, and I, that I, that's why I'm long on them. And I think they're a great company with great leadership. And, and so I think when you look behind the curtain with all these sort of like sort of like individual plays, you really have to, you still, it comes down to thinking long-term because if you get caught up in the short-term hype, like you're, you're going to be screwed. Exactly. And I think, I think kind of going back to, to the S and P 500, you know, we're, like you said, we're both index fund guys and, and everyone knows the reasons like, you know, they most of the time will be, you know, managed funds and things like that. Their fees are low and they're diversified. But I think the one thing that people really forget to understand is the simplicity of them. You know, investments are supposed to be your money working for you. And if you're going so into all in depth on researching all these companies, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if you're spending all day doing that, you're forgetting about the main part, which is actually making money so you can invest, you know? So I think, I think if people can realize that an 8% or let's say a 10% return. Then after we count inflation, you know, it's seven to 8%, whatever that return over 30 years is huge. If you don't have to think about it at all, and you can just focus on increasing your income. 
you know, and I think, I think that's, what's huge is just, it's just the simplicity of it to where you can trust that your money's working for you. You don't have to be scared that you made a mistake because if you're investing in just a few different companies, a few different cryptocurrencies, if you're wrong, you're wrong in the big, you know, <laughs> which can be very scary for a lot of people, you know, and it gives them a lot of stress. And then, then people start thinking short term because then like for you, if Air Canada goes down, you know, whatever it went down 10%, let's say people are really scared if that's 20% of their portfolio. And then they're like, Oh shoot. Like, did I, did I do something wrong? Should I sell? Like, and then they get super scared. But with the S and P they're like, okay, the market just not having a, not having a great time, but over the long term, it's, we've seen this many times before, but with yeah. individual stocks, you know, every stock's different. So you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Yeah. You can't write, you can't fall back on that underlying assumption, right? Like there is no underlying assumption, right? <laughs> like, does it, it doesn't matter how big a company is. I mean, you've seen, I think there's a statistic. I can't, you know, I can't remember specific numbers, but it's like, look at the top 10 companies in the S&P 500 every decade. And there, there's a lot of variance. There's a ton of variance. But at the end of the day, like if you own that, you know, the, the index fund, it's accounting for all of that. So you're just, you, you don't care who's in it as long as it gets taken care of. But if you own that specific company, then like, you know, like it's, it's not, not as pretty. Man, honestly, that's really all I got for you, Ethan. I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's really fun to talk about markets and things like that, man. Where Again, where can these uh, these folks find you online? On Instagram, it's making sense of finance and sense is C-E-N-T-S. So sense, it's a little bit of a pun there, but that's the same for TikTok. I also have a personal Instagram um, where I talk about some financial stuff. So that's real Ethan Lang. And then YouTube's Ethan Lang. And if you go to my Instagram, either of my Instagrams, actually, you'll find links to my Discord server. I also have some free resources just to kind of help people get started investing. But that's about it. Cool, man. Well, dude, it was, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. It was, it was cool to just talk and riff about the market, man. But uh, appreciate it, man. We'll have to talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds good. See you, Nate. So there you have it, my friends. Thank you so, so much for listening and tuning in. Hopefully you got something out of the conversation with me and my boy, Ethan. Didn't really get too many questions this week, so no new money mailbag. So keep the outro nice and short. Guys, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Get started with your wealth building journey. Wealth Simple Trade, Wealth Simple Invest. You already know what it is. Check out the show notes below to get started with either one. I highly recommend it. But yo, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening in. I will see you next Sunday now. I'm kind of sad. I I like seeing you guys. Well, seeing, I don't see any of you guys, but um, I like releasing twice a week. But for now, we're just going to do a weekly episode because we're doing some other stuff and you'll hopefully see it soon. But uh, that's it for me. I appreciate y'all. Boy, I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.